Welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast. Hi, my name is Craig Wells. I'm 21 years old, and I'm looking for someone who can really take care of me, you know? I like movies, comedy, video games, and only seeing out of one eye. My friends say I'm a lot to handle, and that I have a specific brand, but I like to think I'm a little less predictable than they say. So swipe right and see if you can handle me, Craig Wells, aka Permanent Handle. And hi, I'm Alex Good. I'm 23 years old, and I'm looking for a home wrecker. I've been married for almost three years, and I have a baby on the way. So I'm looking for a person who needs to be able to live an adventurous life on the run. I enjoy traveling, spending time outdoors, and brainstorming divisive but funny content. I'm, I have a bad tendency to morph into your expectations, so there's no telling who you're going to get. If you're looking for someone cool, funny, and a little too much, I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good, and welcome back to the show. So now that you've heard our beautiful, wonderful dating profiles, uh, make sure to hit us up uh, at Permanent Good or individually. I'm at Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex the Goods, A-L-E-X-T-H-E-G-O-O-D-E-S. Now, we spent a lot of time crafting those personalized intros, and we spent so much time crafting it that I didn't think of an intro bit before the movie. Well, luckily for you, we can come up with bits on the spot. On the spot. No problems whatsoever. Yeah. Um, speaking of on the spot, uh, I'm sure you guys have been doing this, um, but I'm calling you out because you haven't been doing it enough. Um, share it with your friends, pod, podcasts, any really platform you have, um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Pandora, literally anyway. Um, share, leave a review. Um, let's grow this thing. So uh, now, normally, it's it's weird that we would tell you to share our podcast at the beginning before you've even heard it. You know, it kind of seems a little premature? misleading. Premature is a good way to put it. Yes, exactly. That we think that we're going to be good enough to warrant a share. We haven't even done the content yet ourselves. I mean, we, we did give them a little bit. We gave them a we little gave bit. We gave them a little bit, yeah. But for the most part, the good part of this episode hasn't been recorded yet. So we don't know if it's good or not. I mean, we're permanent good. So there's a pretty good odds that every podcast is going to be good. Um, but I can guarantee that this podcast is going to be extra special. Can you imagine if you decided to go with Alex Bad instead, so our podcast would have to be Permanent Bad? Yeah, I think we would just call it something different. I mean, it's made up, so we're not bound by these false rules you're putting on us, Craig. But sure, I am. for the bit, I'm yeah, bound by them. it'd be so funny if I was Permanent Bad. Yeah, that's a good one. Thanks. Thanks, man. <coughs> <laughs> Anyway, do you want to talk about the movie? (laughs) Sure, let's talk about the movie. So we recorded this bit a few days ago because we wanted to to record it while it was as fresh as possible. So if we, there's a little bit of an intro for it. Uh, This week we saw Tenet. We'll have time codes for you just like normal. Next week we are watching a movie called A Silent Voice. It's on Netflix. Uh, Super easy to find it. 
now, without further ado, here's your time code and our pre-recorded bit for the movie Tenet. Time code 3405. All right. Welcome to us talking about Tenet. And the reason I'm introing this weird is because we're recording this before we record the rest of this podcast because we wanted to get it as fresh as possible. As fresh as possible. We didn't want to wait super long. Right. So I saw it seven days before recording this. And I saw it three days before recording it. Craig, I'm just going to come in as hot as I possibly can. Okay. This is the favorite, my favorite movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Whoa. What? Whoa. This is okay. my favorite movie I have ever seen in my entire life. This topples Dark Knight. This topples The Departed. This topples Django. This topples The Prestige. This is the best movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Interesting. Okay. I've, I think I would need to see it again before I made any claims like that it was definitely engaging the entire time i wanted to know what was happening the whole time um christopher nolan is my favorite director has been for a while and he actually wrote this one as opposed to interstellar right um this movie's incredible yeah it's a very good movie oh my gosh Every everything I hated about Interstellar, this movie did right. Yeah. So if you don't know anything about Tenet, it's basically one of the most complicated time travel movies you could ever see ever. But it's complicated in a cool way. They explain it very quickly and I think very effectively. Is yeah. You see it done in practice many times. So if you don't get it the first time, You'll get it the second time you see it. If you don't get it the second time, you get it the third time. And worst case scenario, after all the times you've seen it, you can just go back and rewatch the movie and it'll make even more sense. Yeah. So basically, they do time travel through this process called inverting, where you can invert, you know, specific objects. And basically, what they say is the entropy of an object has been reversed. And basically, the object is moving backwards through time as you are moving forward through time. And if that confused you just how I said that, buckle in, buddy! Dude, this movie... I think this might be one of those times where we might need to have a separate episode, like a bonus episode come out, where we just talk about this movie for an hour and a half. Or let us know if you would be interested in us like watching the movie and pausing, do a commentary, playing it again, doing a commentary. This is literally my favorite movie I've ever seen. The acting ridiculous the plot ridiculous the concept of reverse entropy seeing themselves i didn't see any like huge plot holes the special effects the themes the action sequences it was all incredible i was losing my mind in the theater i left the theater being like okay let me just like live in this moment because that is the last and only time i'm ever going to see this movie for the first time yeah I'm just going to have reverence for this moment, appreciate where I am in life right now, and then move forward happier than I was previously. Okay, so the protagonist, which is his actual name in this. 
Yeah, so my brother and I saw this with closed captions. We saw a closed captioned uh Oh, that's showing. crazy. Dude, that helped me so much. You have no idea how helpful it is. If Dude, you're able to find a closed caption showing, go to it. Please, I'm begging you. There was definitely parts where I'm like, I don't know what they said. I'm gonna have to see it done. Or you need to pay you need to pay so much attention in this movie, it's ridiculous. And I remember just getting to a point where I need to watch this back with subtitles. But like it didn't take away too much from the movie. Yeah. So the main character, his name is protagonist because he keeps referencing and other people keep referencing him as like the protagonist of this time war that they're having, basically. And it's also good for the protagonist antagonist because this cold war that they're having where no one knows whose side is on what it's happening at different points in time. So referring to a person by their name might not make sense because there's multiple lines and through lines going through the plot. It wouldn't make sense. Dude, this movie's so good. So if I were to liken this to another form of time travel, I am inclined to liken it to the time turner in Harry Potter purely in the sense of like... Prisoner of Azkaban, by the way, number three. Things kind of happen. They keep using this phrase what's happens happens or what's yeah what happens happened and that's kind of the kind of time travel that you should be expecting right it's very good because the one big thing about interstellar that bugged me is i'm like because when he goes back in time you can just be like well don't you remember that you remember that this isn't gonna work um and this movie just says hey ignorance what is is it i can't remember what the line is it's like in- ignorance is a gift. Ignorance is a tool. Yeah, something like that. It, dude, it's it's not knowing what you did or knowing whether or not it was you or somebody else because then you might not do it. And it covers up so many plot holes. Be like, don't you remember doing this? It's like, no, because they didn't know it was them. Yeah. They thought it was somebody else. And by the time they're in it, it's too late to change it. And they're just reacting. It was crazy. You get introduced to a concept very early on in the movie where they where they bring the protagonist into the fold of the organization and the guy that's recruiting him is like uh just l- basically like lock your fingers and mention the word tenant and you know it'll open many doors for you some good and some bad and I'm like right. I really like secret code words and code phrases this one seems simple enough we can keep track with it very simple very easily and then they use it like twice yeah i could yeah because once he was in it it was okay it was good for introduction but then the thing is is this that sign comes back at the end they explain why it was why it was a code word why dude it makes so much sense towards the end and it makes sense i just wish they used it more right yeah i mean yeah, for a guy who likes that stuff. Because it's it's very James Bond. Yes, uh, Christopher exactly. Nolan yeah. talks about it. He goes, this, and I want a lot of the themes, the spy themes, to come from like James Bond. But he didn't want to take directly from it, so he didn't watch the movie the entire time he was actually directing this. So, but dude, but like the gadgets, the undercover, the costumes, it was so Bond-esque. It was, it, dude, it was just so cool. So cool. Very aesthetically pleasing the action sequences were just off the wall bonkers. Right. And the thing is, like, I was thinking, like, 
I don't, a lot of times I think about how do they make this? How did they get that shot? How did they do that? And I don't know how they did half these fight scenes. I have no idea how they did it. It was nuts. Because your audience, for those of you who might be listening to this and haven't seen it, you're fighting a person as they are going further back in time and you're going through time forward. So you're fighting a person that sees the end of the fight already and doesn't know how it started and you started the fight and you don't know how it's going to end and you're going through time you meet at a point in the middle and then you keep going yeah so like there's a fight sequence where somebody is crawling away from you but to them they're crawling towards you right it's 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 so cool there's inverted bullets so you start with an empty gun you pull the trigger and a bullet comes through time back into your gun. Which is, they mention, way more deadly than a normal bullet. Right. Because what you're thinking of, it makes sense. Because when something goes through you, the bullet's going to get deformed and it's, some of it's going to splinter. If that has to come through you, you're having splinters and shrapnel go through your body. A deformed bullet is slowly forming back and then it goes back into your gun. Yeah. There's so much about this movie that we could talk about. We we could, like you said, this could be a 90 minute segment. Just this right, right here. Absolutely. If you guys are interested, let us know. But like at the end of the day, John David Washington plays the protagonist, does an amazing job. I loved it. And Robert Pattinson basically plays his sidekick. Robert Pattinson is like the Robin here. It and the whole time you're like, I don't know if this guy's on our team. Can we trust him? Can we not trust him? And even at the end, you're like, uh, I don't want to give anything away, but like it's wild. And Robert Pattinson, say what you want about Edward in Twilight, he kills it in this movie. I loved him. I loved his character. I loved how he portrayed everything. His character seems to know a little bit more than what the protagonist protagonist knows. Throughout the movie. Yeah. Throughout the entire movie. Like, this guy knows something we don't know. And it's so appealing to see him interact with the environment. I loved his character as well. I felt like he was kind of brought in kind of abruptly. I feel like he was just kind of like, and here's Robert Pattinson. But once you, once they start teaming up, like, officially, and they're, like, calling each other partner and whatnot, like, that's when I think... Robert Pattinson really shines. Yeah. He plays so, a character called Neil. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was crazy. So like there's a scene where they break into a bank basically. And yep. that scene I think is really cool. It's de- it's very heisty and both of them act very well in it. I think it, it, it definitely has that essence of that James Bond that we were looking for and we're expecting. Dude. And then the the audacity keeps trying to quiet me down because I'm very excited about talking about yeah. this. Um, the bad guy in this Seder, it he comes off when you get introduced and you're like, oh, this is a Bond villain. He's got an accent. He's foreign. He's gonna try and end the world. And then you meet him like, oh, this guy's actually a criminal mastermind. Like he's he thought of everything. Had the same kind of like vibe as Claw from Black Panther. Right. That but was I his feel name, like right? He, um yeah. Yeah. But like Seder, 
he just seemed too smart. Like he knew what was happening. He, he's been in the future. He's been in the past. He's come up with fail safes. So if anything were to happen to him, the world would just end. Like he's, and he's just so crazy and mean that you just hate him so much, but you don't feel, you don't know how you're going to beat him. Yeah. Um, I didn't, there were, his villain arc, uh, lied on a trope that I don't like. I'm kind of over the whole, you know, abusive relationship, villainous husband kind of trope. It was important to the plot of this movie, but like when he's screaming at her, I'm like, all right, I don't need to see any more of this. Like, we get it. You're a bad person. Yeah, I think it just comes from the fact that he does care about her. He says, like, I care about you much more than you care about me. I see you differently than how you see me. So textbook crazy person, you know, textbook abusive person. Um, Dude, it was just nuts. And I just I remember it's a long movie. It's two and a half hours. I loved every single second of it. I loved every single second. Um, I don't, I half the time I'm like, I don't know where this is going. I don't know what the end game is. What's the point of this? Cause he doesn't know nobody. You start off the movie and you don't know where this is going. You're like, Hey, just so you know, we're in a cold war. You don't know who's on it. Just because someone's American doesn't mean they're on your team. Just because someone's Russian doesn't mean they're on your team. All we know is this hand sign and this code word, and you just have to figure it out. Yeah. And sometimes that code word and hand sign isn't going to get you what you want. Right. And like the enemy knows it as well. Everybody knows this. So this is the only way you can get into the world. And once you do this, you are now surrounded by people who know that you know. But we have no idea how. So half the movie is him asking questions um, to a person who's supposed to aid the protagonist, Sanjay. Basically like his overseer. Right. No, her name is Priya. Um and she's just like, hey, this is, what do you have for me? I can try to point you the right direction, but I don't know where we're going. I don't know what the end game is. You just need to tell me what you know, and I'll see. So if you're looking for an arms dealer, I can help you with that. But I don't know why you would need to know that. Like the Cold War part of it of nobody knows what's actually going on is awesome. All right. Uh, any other general themes we want to talk to before we go into spoilers? Because I think we're both kind of antsy for it. Yeah, um, all in all, great acting on everyone's part. They use the the concept of inverted time and time travel so well. This is my favorite time travel movie. I mean, it's my favorite movie, but it's definitely my favorite time travel movie. They explain it in a way, it's executed in a way that makes sense in my head. I know how it works. Um, And I remember finishing that movie, and I'm like, I'm not smart enough to write this movie. <laughs> Like, I remember there's a couple movies I've seen, like Inception. I think a lot of people could look at Inception and be like, oh, this is extremely easy to follow. It's very simple concepts. I can I understand how someone could create this. I watched this movie. I'm like, how did someone come up with this out of thin air? They're just like, here, I'm going to build a world that doesn't play by any of the rules we're used to. And it's going to make sense. And in this crazy concept, I'm going to have a compelling plot, like, props to christopher nolan this movie is ridiculous and i don't know how you did it and we can get into spoilers if you would like yeah uh my last thing don't worry my uh michael kane is in this movie he's in it for about three minutes but don't worry michael kane is in this christopher nolan movie 
but yeah, he's just, it's a cameo people. So don't get too excited. That's not even a huge, it's not a spoiler. It's a cameo. Don't, don't look forward to him, I guess. All right. Well, we'll see you on the spoiler side. Time code 3405. So (sighs) dude, there's just so much. There's so much. I saw, dude, I'm very good at seeing where this movie's going. I know where the foreshadowing is going. Or just movies in general. I'll be like, okay, they introduced a gun. At some point, the gun's going to go off. It's just the law of movies. It's the law of storytelling. Don't introduce something that you're not going to use. Like, uh, There's a lot. I, I think the most blatant example of that happened twice, and they were both with Cat. Three times, both with Cat. Uh, all with Cat. Where the protagonist gives her a gun, where... The protagonist says, "Call me if you need me," and the prota- and um, Cat is told not to kill the antagonist until it's time. All right. three of those things were very blatant foreshadowing. Right, and I mean it's called Chekhov's gun is just a concept of don't introduce anything unless you're going to use it. Otherwise, the audience is just not going to trust you anymore. One of them was like they were fighting a person in all black, and what I was I thought was going to happen was Neil, Robert Pattinson, was fighting a dude. The mask comes off. He looks at him and goes, okay, we can't mess with these guys. I'm like, oh, he saw himself. And when the protagonist is fighting a guy, and he's like, don't kill him, don't kill him. I'm like, oh, he doesn't want him to kill himself. And then you go back and you see these guys gearing up, ready to go into the, to the bank. And I'm like, they're wearing the exact same stuff yeah. that guys did before. Once they put those helmets on, I'm like, ooh, I was about to ask, like, what is the most satisfying inversion payoff for you? Because I think that was it for me. I think once they put the helmet on and I'm like, oh, he's going to go fight himself. I think that was the best inversion payoff for me. That one I loved because you knew it was going to happen before it happened. The car scene, the car fight scene where you see him get into an accident. He gets, you know, frozen and all that stuff. Um, which is a crazy thing to come up with. They just got hypothermia from a car explosion. Yeah. But that driving backwards, seeing it for the first time, was nuts. Yeah, because you definitely think it's a bad guy car. Oh, 100. Well, see, you see the BMW the first time going full speed in the other direction. Still don't know how that works, but it was crazy. And then you see a second car come in. I'm like, oh, even more bad guys. And then you get to go back and watch him go through it. Yeah. Dude, and that's that's one thing is like what pisses me off about movies is you'll you'll see something happen that's crazy, but you it might walk away and you're like, okay, I don't exactly understand how that works, or you'd be like, I guess that was just a bad guy we didn't need to know. Every time you saw someone inverted, it was explained later in the movie or earlier in the movie where that person came from. So seeing that car go backwards and then being like, oh, now we get to go be that guy, is nuts. I feel like we were we were in an alternate ending universe of reading a book, right? And you just read a page, find out your character died, and then you just flip back to a couple pages and like I'm just gonna choose a different ending. Yeah. And you just what and then you just went through a whole different plot. I'm like, what is happening? Oh my gosh, this movie was crazy. And it was just payoff after payoff after payoff. Like it wasn't plot twist, but it was like you just throughout the movie like, oh that makes sense. Oh that makes sense. Like even the beginning when she goes um, I saw one of his girls jump off the boat and yeah. I ended her. I ended her freedom. And then at the very end, you realize she jumped off the boat. I'm like, does this movie 
never stop giving? Um, the only scene, the only sequence that I was just kind of a little lost on was the point of, you know, the fake drawing versus like the real drawing and the appraisal and all that nonsense. Like I, I felt like that was a weird complexity to add to it that didn't really matter past act one. Yeah, I think what I liked about that was he had no idea what was important and what was not important. He had no idea. He didn't have an end goal. He's just like, hey, you're going into a Cold War. Figure it out. So he had to chase every lead regardless of whether or not he thought it was important. He's like, I just have to do it because the only thing I know. And so we have to go along being like, I guess this is where we're at now. Like, is this the movie? Is it an art heist movie? Like, what is happening? I think the only payoff that was objectively bad was when they're crashing the plane at Oslo and Mm -hmm. the crew member steals a gold bar. And then that goal. And then that guy is brought to the antagonist's ship and like, he like cuts his throat. Do you remember that? Yeah. I just now put together that the person who stole it is a guy who brought to the boat. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I felt that was a, there was a, a very unsatisfying payoff that happened like 40 minutes later. Yeah. I think they just needed. Dude, I don't know. I think they just needed a way to connect the protagonist to tenant in the antagonist's eyes. And that's how they did that. Dude. I didn't even see that coming. I need to watch this movie again. Every time he thinks it's enough, there's more. And you're like, good grief. This movie's crazy. The, Every time, it took us a while, to be honest, for me to see something inverted. I thought when we saw the gun inverted in the beginning, I'm like, so he's just going to have an inverted gun, right? Like, oh, he's going to be walking around with inverted ammunition. Like, that's how this works. But. He doesn't use an inverted gun until they're back at Oslo. Yeah, it takes a while. Um, I love the seeing stuff that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Like, the bullets in the glass. So I had a question for you. When do you think that happens? So obviously people aren't going to manufacture that thick glass and then, Oh no, there are bullet holes in it. So when do you think those bullet holes are added? And like, and so like, um, the thing that made me think about it was right before the car chase scene, the, rear or the side view mirror is cracked yeah how long has that car been driving around with the cracked and so my mm -hmm. internal question my internal answer is when the object that caused it got inverted so when the car got inverted that broke that rear that side view mirror that's when that crack showed up when that gun got inverted that's when those bullet holes showed up Mm mm-hmm yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because before it got inverted, it never happened. Yeah. Dude. This freaking movie, man. And I kind of think that could have been an element is noticing. Like, they did it once at Oslo with those bullet holes. But then I feel like they kind of let a few inverted telltale signs uh, kind of slip by them. And I'm like, come on, guys, you got to. Gotta keep your you eyes out. You gotta be sharp. You got the thing is like you got you 
literally don't have the time to look at every single thing and be like, this is how this guy here. Because you could look at like dirt in the car and be like, I didn't put any dirt in this car. Yeah. Where did this dirt come from? You could look. Yeah. And you just don't have the time. I feel for like it. Neil should have been able to do that more though. Yeah. But the problem is, is he had a lot of information. So he's just like, don't. Remember when they were, dude, the whole fire truck heist, but they boxed in the armored dude, truck. Yeah. Very cool. But what I'm saying <laughs> is like, dude. Neil has the most experience out of everyone right so he should be able to point out like some inverted signs basically yeah he should be better at it but i understand like if he's in the middle of a gun gun fight he he's not gonna be looking for them yeah he might it might be hard to see what bullets just happened what bullets haven't happened yet it's kind of he'd be like okay i don't he's not counting you know dude i fell in love with that character Neil, and at the very end, when he was like, "This is," he's like, "This is the end for you, right?" And he goes, "No." And he goes, and he goes, "Yeah." And he goes, "We've known each other for a long time." And he goes, "Sure have." And he's like, and then he has to go back, dude. That whole friendship dynamic of he's known you for years, and now he has to go die. Do you want? Here's the thing. This is the one Christopher Nolan movie I would accept a sequel to. Purely because, A, I want to see them play around with inverted space more. I think I just wanted more of that. And two, I want to see the coins flipped. I want to see the protagonist teach Neil invert. I want to see the coins Was this Would this be a prequel or no, an uh, a sequel? It would be a sequel. What a great question. Because you want to see that final scene, right? Yeah. And then you want to see him kill Priya in the car. Yep. And she goes, you're the, you're the protagonist. And then you want to see, okay, how does he go back and train Neil and tell Neil? Yeah. I think that, I think it would be a genuinely good sequel. And that's not me saying like, listen, I don't want an Inception sequel. I don't want an Interstellar sequel. Like, I, I think that this fits a second movie and I would only want a second movie. I wouldn't want a third or fourth or well, mini series. Obvious. It's not even a whole, but there's a, we're so this movie explained everything. Everything that happened in this time was explained. Yeah. So from the second movie starts to the end, every perspective was, we got to see, we got to be in the person. We got to see it happen. So knowing that there is something that happened that we didn't get to see, because it was outside the timeline. I'm just like, I don't know. I, the thing is, is uh, my imagination, I think most of our imaginations can fill in that space. Yeah. Um, But like, if he announced a tenant too, I wouldn't be upset. But I don't, I think this movie is just brilliant. It was expensive to make. <laughs> yeah. And I'm okay with where it's at. Uh, do you have any other major notes? Dude, I could talk about this. Dude, I cannot stress this enough. Audience, if you want to hear more, let us know. We can dedicate an entire episode. Just bonus. You won't be missing out anything. We'll just put it out at a different time. And we can talk about it for freaking two hours after we watch it again. And I'll take exquisite notes. But only if you love this movie as much as I do. Yeah. Um. We'll probably come back. What will probably be the most likely scenario is we revisit it after it's been released for home. Right. Release. We can. If people even care. Dude. Yeah, if people if care people enough, we'll care. do a home release episode again. 
Right. Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it is very good. It's probably my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. With that being said, you know, be smart if you're going to go out and see it. We mentioned this last week. Um, if you plan on seeing it, make sure that, you know, there's plenty of space. Your theater is social distancing correctly. You know, no movie is worth getting COVID for. It No movie right. is. Yes, yes, yes. Be smart and all that stuff. Craig, what would you give it out of 10? I think it. I think I'm giving it a flat eight. Can you give the audience an example of what your nine or ten looks like? No, because you're going to judge me for it. Okay, audience, just know that he's wrong. I'm giving this a ten, and if I wasn't to give it a ten, I'd give it a nine point nine. If I couldn't give it a nine point nine, I'd give it a nine point eight. This is the best movie I've ever seen. Best movie I've ever seen. This fits my aesthetic. I like movies that are confusing and challenging, but make sense that aren't breaking any rules. I didn't feel like there was any plot holes. I love the acting. I love the actors. I actually liked them prior to this. It was an incredible movie. Christopher Nolan's my best director. This was the dream for me. All right. Uh, Thank you very much. And uh, we will get you back to your regularly scheduled programming. Deuces from the past, I guess. Yeah. Wait. What if this is just us being inverted after we record the podcast? Because it would sound backwards. But which is crazy because in the movie they literally just played the audio backwards while they were talking. I'm like, oh, he's talking in reverse. And certain actors learned to speak in reverse and just rehearsed those lines. Dude, this movie is crazy. Go see it, please. Okay, we gotta go. See ya. Bye. Bye. All right. Do you want to welcome back our non-movie listeners? Hey, non-movie listeners. Welcome back. You should start watching more movies. Hey, if you keep skipping the movie segment of our podcast, start watching the movies, man. We tell you what they're going to be every week. Yeah. I mean, at this point, we've got to have covered at least one of our episodes has to be a movie you've seen before. If you're unwilling to watch a new movie, we've got to have talked talked about one of the ones you have seen. And if you want us to watch a specific movie, hey, audience, say something. I'm giving up on you. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Anyway, yes, Craig. So we can do our improv now. Yes. And uh, last week, we weren't particularly fond of how that improv segment went. So we're just going to, we're, we're probably going to scrap it. We're probably not going to bring that. Yeah, that one's not back. coming back. It's not coming back. Um, but because of that, we have a new segment, a new improv game. I call it Half Cast. Now, the way this works is Alex and I both pre-wrote a script for this segment, but we only wrote our half. And so the other person just has to respond how they think a script would go and it's going to be a little bit of a back and forth. You know, he will do improv to my script and I'll do improv to his script. It'll make sense when we do it. This is going to be half cast. Alex, would you like to go first or do you do you want to read your script first or do you want to react to mine first? I want to react to yours first. Okay. Um, Does your story or does your script have a title? No. Neither does mine. Do you want to make up one at the end or in the beginning? Uh, it's not really, it's just a dialogue between two people. It's not exactly a movie scene. Okay. Whoops. 
All right. <laughs> All right. Me either. Um. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm good, man. Hey, baby. Hey, what's up, lover? Um, I just wanted to let you know that our bank called today. Oh, no. What happened? They said there's been some unusual charges on our card recently. Do you know what they're talking about? Um, no clue. What could that have possibly been? Yeah, someone spent $1,200 buying merch on the website of ABC's The Bachelor. Um, so, funny story. Uh, oh, hey, my phone's about to die. Uh, we'll talk about this more when I get home, okay? Yeah, yeah, sure. Sounds good. Hey, sweetie, sorry about that call earlier. Yeah, uh, yeah, you were saying something? We don't need to talk about it. Yeah, I was just wondering, when did you want to go to the bank to dispute those charges? Um... So about disputing it, uh, might not be necessary. Wait, what? Yeah, um, little too much rosé, uh, didn't know I was gonna react with champagne, and What are you trying to tell me? Um, long story short, um, we all make mistakes. I, I can't believe you! God, I was so stupid! I mean... It's not your fault. You shouldn't be coming at yourself. It's completely my fault. I accept responsibility. Um, not going to give this stuff back, though. No, no, no. It's it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We'll figure it out. I, I mean, I want to keep the stuff. Hold on. So. Okay. I just emailed work. I'm not coming in for the rest of the week, and we can just focus on us. Wait. I don't want any secrets between us anymore. No. I, we're fine. Like I'm with a that being said, I do need to tell you something. Wait, listen. Oh I gosh. know you voted for Kanye. You told me you voted blue, but I saw your ballot before you mailed it in, and I saw you wrote in Kanye. First of all, that's illegal. You should not be looking at my ballot when I'm about to ship it in. All I'm saying is that I know we don't have to agree on everything. That would just be really boring, but it would be nice to know that I can trust you not to make oh wild decisions without talking about it with I me. I thought that I could make an independent decision, like I allowed you to make your independent decision for, um, I don't know, DJT. I thought you weren't going to vote for him. And What do you mean? I have two examples right in front of me. You obviously don't. Um, Clearly not. Fake news in the words of your leader. I'm over this. Listen, I'm going to go stay at my sister's tonight. Maybe you should. Don't Maybe call you me. should. Maybe you can think about what you've done. What, what I did? I spent a little bit of money, a.k.a. our stimulus check, which was in my right. You go spend the night with your sister and think about what you did. Oh, and one more thing. Yeah, what? I do love you. Oh my gosh, you and this sappy talk. It's not going to work this time. End scene. Dude, that was pretty good. (laughs) That's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, now knowing how I was supposed to do this, my okay. We'll get a little variation. This is going to be wild. All right, I'm so sorry, um, Craig, because this is gonna get nuts. Okay, <laughs> dude, I I'm gl- we definitely hit a point like 80 percent of the way through where our lines definitely were not matching in tone, and I'm here for it. Let's go. Well, buckle up, because this is gonna get crazy. Craig, are you ready? Because here we go. <clears throat> 
I will tell you, I am referring to myself as AG. Okay. And I'm going to refer to you as PH. Okay. That's all you need to know. I think it's better that everything else is a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. All right, you ready? It's going to be I'm coming in hot. How'd you get out of there? I barely made it out, and we lost KD. Listen, it wasn't that hard, okay? PH, I could have sworn you were surrounded. Maybe by your standards, but for me it was, you know, not even a challenge. Wait, how'd you know I was going to get back to Ella's place? Listen, you're kind of predictable, and honestly, this was the first place I thought you'd be. AG pulls gun out. Whoa, 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 okay, You're a snitch, aren't you? No, no, not a snitch. Actually, the opposite of a snitch. Cox gun again. I work again. I don't believe you. Okay, you normally can't do that with a gun cocking it twice, but... um... Cox gun again. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Listen, listen, maybe I took a little bit of money on the side. I'm going to get out of here. Chet's watch. I have a plane leading in 15 minutes. Am I allowed to be on this plane? Cox gun again. (laughs) I guess not. Okay. I'm going to make it. Stay here. If I even think I have a tail, I'm shooting. Okay, that makes Cox sense. Gun. You're not going to... I'm gonna... serious. Okay, dude, I Cox got it. again. <laughs> okay. Actually, listen. Get in the trunk. Listen, say no more. Cox in gun. the trunk, I, I said, go. I'm in going the in trunk. the trunk, dude. Chill out. <laughs> well, move the stuff then. Okay. I don't care if you're uncomfortable. L- listen, Obviously, my comfort is not your top priority. Just as long as I'm safe, who cares? Just put it in the back seat. There should be plenty of room there. Okay, okay. Uh, hey, you have a lot of Martin's bags in here. Is that? Can I just put it on top of it? I'm just gonna put it on top of it. You good? I Shut think I'm up. Good. Oh, sorry, dude. So I'm driving now. How long have you been on to me? Like a day. Max. You're gonna have to be louder. Uh, this is a pretty large sedan. I can't really hear you from all the way back there. At least a day, probably. Logan and Drew were in on it. I can tell. They definitely were. You're not. lying. I've had they jobs with them before, and I trust them. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. It's just me. I promise. What's your real name? Craig. I will drive this car off a pier if you don't talk. I've been talking this whole time, man. I, I don't know what don't to tell have you. Time for this. Neither do I. Clearly, because you have a gun. AG spots a squad car that puts on its lights and siren. How do they find us? I don't know. You've been speeding this I whole time. I told you if anyone followed us, I'd shoot. Shoots uh, gun, uh, no. but only one uh, bullet goes off. Okay. Okay. I didn't tell anyone, but Wait, you know, you've been driving really recklessly. I one bullet? just called it in. AG pulls out his phone. Ella, I don't know if you can hear me, but I, I don't think I can get out of this. You definitely can. I've shut up back there. I've done some bad things and trusted the wrong people. Listen, Ella, I'm really sorry for all the horrible things I've done. Leaving the toilet seat up, snoring, sleeping with your twin, brother. I knew you looked familiar back there. You're Ella's brother. How could you betray us like this? Uh, you cheated on my sister. What else was I supposed to do? I told you it was an honest mistake. You and her look so familiar. You're twins. Listen. Yes, but don't say you didn't have a good time. You joined the DEA just so you could get back at me? 
I mean, the benefits were really nice, but getting back at you was definitely a huge bonus. Tell me Ella wasn't in on it. No, she never has been. No. What's the point? Hey, Senny, uh, I'm calling in a favor. There's a guy named Craig. Ruin him and his family. No I survivors. Don't have a family. Bye. I'm not going down alone, Craig. I'm taking you down with me. AG drives off a bridge. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I don't know if you could hear it when it happened. Oh my god. But Alex's phone definitely reacted and Siri definitely tried to which is way too similar to Siri. And, oh, she really just wanted to get in on the conversation. Like, I'm Cheers. sorry. I don't understand. Uh, what a great... I think this just proves that we have diversity when it comes to our dialogue. You know? We can do, you know, a romantic love betrayal. Or we can do a hostage situation. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say a hostage situation. But, yeah, kind of. A little bit. Maybe shouldn't have turned on me, you freaking rat. All right, that was oh boy, that was fun. Half cast, and I definitely want to do that again. <laughs> All right, now for our middle segment, I want to bring back a little bit of video game history. I did this once for Call of Duty a few episodes ago, and um, the new Assassin's Creed title should be out for about a day when this episode comes out. So I thought it would be appropriate to do a, a little talk of Assassin's Creed sweetness love it all right so the assassins the first assassins creed game was inspired by another ubisoft title prince of persia you might be familiar with the jake gyllenhaal movie wait it was inspired Uh, by that yeah i actually had no idea that's yeah so prince of persia's sequel had plans on implementing heavy parkour elements but due to uh creative differences in the story That sequel was kind of repurposed and the parkour elements was transferred to the Assassin's Creed series. And that was kind of like the main inspiration for that. Um, There are now currently 12 main title series. The first one being released in 2007 and the 12th one was released yesterday, November 10th. As of recording this, the series has sold 155 million copies and is ubisoft's most successful franchise um if you're not familiar with the assassin's creed games at all a very brief overview of the plot is you have the assassins on one side and you have templars on the other side the templars want peace but they want peace through control and order where the assassins want free will And they've been locked in a war for thousands of years, literally since ancient Egypt. Mm -hmm. And they collect artifacts from the from an ancient race called the Precursors so that they can gain leverage and get an upper hand. And that war happens in the past and the present. And you kind of get this cool little back and forth between past and present to fight this millennia long war. Now. That's the brief synopsis. Now, I mentioned that there are 12 main title series. I obviously haven't played the 12th one yet because it's not out back in the past. But I wanted to rank all the Assassin's Creed games that I've played. And I've played pretty much all of them. Okay. And this list is a little controversial. Oh, boy. I'll dispute them. We're going from worst to best. 
Worst is the Assassin's Creed Chronicles miniseries. Whatever. They didn't feel like Assassin's Creed games, so they're at the bottom. Okay. Next is Assassin's Creed Syndicate. I thought that this was like right at the end of the of their yearly release cycle. So it just felt super stale. The characters were really boring. I didn't really vibe with the setting that um, much. When you're doing this, do you want to let me know like what location each one of these was in? So yeah, Syndicate? this one, this Syndicate was Victorian London. Got you. This okay. one had the twins, Jacob and Evie Fry. Mm-hmm. My biggest problem with that is I always wanted to play as Evie because I thought Evie was a more interesting character. So every time I had to be Jacob, I'd kind of just like, all right, let's get this over with. Let's get back to the better character. Mm-hmm. Um, above Syndicate is the first Assassin's Creed. It has not aged well. It has a really cool beginning, a really cool end, but the middle is super duper repetitive. Next is Assassin's Creed 4. This is the controversial part because I think boats are very boring. There was too much boats and Edward is a scumbag of a protagonist. Did not like him at all. Good grief. He was just like... Wait a second. You haven't said three yet. I haven't. That's... You put one and four below Below three? three. Yes, I did. Good grief. Uh, next is Assassin's Creed Revelations. This was the end of the Ezio trilogy. Whoa, you put three above Revelation. This is a garbage list. Uh, this is the end of the Ezio trilogy. I just, I didn't feel like the story was written that well. They had a love interest that kind of came out of nowhere. And the gameplay took some risks that I just didn't really like, specifically the bombs. Yeah. It really focused on bombs and it didn't work. Yeah, the whole crafting the hook mechanic blade, was really The hook blade weird. was dope, though. I love the hook blade. Mm-hmm. Um, next is Assassin's Creed 3. I thought that Connor was really cool and watching him kind of like fight his Templar father. But they also had this like awkward relationship where they helped each other from time to time. I thought it was really cool. Plus, it had... It upgraded the parkour mechanics, and everything just flowed a lot smoother. Right. I, I know it upgraded the mechanics, but I didn't like the environment. Because half the time, you're parkouring in trees. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, I love that. I love the tree parkour. I don't know. I was kind of over it. Uh, next is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. This is the most recent one before Valhalla. Uh, it was very fluffy. You know, there were a lot of side quests that didn't really feel like they added anything to the story or the world. And there were times where I just genuinely didn't know where the story was physically on the map. Oh, wow. It just, I didn't like it that much. Next is Assassin's Creed Rogue. Assassin's Creed Rogue is what Assassin's Creed 4 should have been. The boat combat was plentiful, but it didn't overstay its welcome. Shay is amazingly written and probably one of my favorite playable characters in the whole series. You just really see his turning point. The reason that it's called Rogue is because you watch Shay go from from an assassin to becoming a Templar. And mm-hmm. like you totally understand why he does it. You're like, yeah, dude, you're totally valid. Go off. Oh, wow. Next is Assassin's Creed 2. This is where we're introduced to Ezio, probably the most popular character in the whole franchise. Uh, the parkour is better than the first game, obviously, and the game was more on your side. Assassin's Creed 1 was like, you turn a corner too sharp, the guards are going to try to kill you. Like, that game was <laughs> merciless. Um, but uh, they were a lot more gracious. They integrated, like, the wanted system where you could, like, tear down posters and stuff. And right. I think that just made the game a lot more friendly. And, like, the story was, like, engaging and it felt purposeful. Um, but 
it still hasn't aged well and it's still it's still a little clunky yeah i mean but i just give the credit for like one two brotherhood revelations they're all the front half of a series and the fact that all those movies all those video games are so good especially yeah. one having no background at all it's it's like a brainchild it came from nowhere yeah so i and- just give tremendous respect to one and two yeah, and so I played one for the first time, like, this weekend, basically. And the environments still look really great. You know, mm-hmm. the people look like, you know, they were peeled with, like, a potato. Right. But um, the environments are still really cool. Um, last up, we got a few more. Eight Assassin's Creed Unity. A lot of people didn't like this game because it launched super buggy. Totally get that. Not a problem anymore. Uh, but I think it has some of the smoothest parkour in the entire franchise. And I really like the protagonist's relationship with kind of like his childhood friend grows up to be a Templar. Is so it's Unity kinda... the French one? Yes, it is. Got you. Yeah. Um, so you're talking super... about his childhood friend. Yeah. So his childhood friends becomes a Templar. So it's kind of like this. I want to help you because you're my friend, but I know I shouldn't help you because you're my enemy. And it creates a really interesting dynamic. And the environments were super detailed, like way more than they had been before. I I think if you gave up on it because of how buggy it was at launch, you should definitely go back to it. It's one of my favorites. And then at a tie at first place, I have Assassin's Creed Origins and Brotherhood. The reason it's a tie is because I feel like Assassin's Creed Brotherhood has been at the top for so long that kind of the nostalgia glasses are pressing on a little bit too hard. And I still think that this is the most fun I had with Ezio. I think it smoothed out a lot of the problems that Assassin's Creed 2 had. But, you know, it, it, it's still good. I just think that Assassin's Creed Origins was a welcome change to a stale formula. I cared about the characters. The story was engaging and interesting. And kind of getting the backstory to something that we had been playing with for 10 years at that point was very welcoming and i liked it a lot so though that that is my list worst to best assassin's creed titles i'm guys i'll be the first one to shoot them down the list is whack okay i get it um origins for me um it was the first time i had used the dodging that there was countering system had completely changed from the previous games that i had played um like three and prior and even four it just felt weird um it also brings back hunting which is a big one in three and it's like super important to the game like you need to hunt um so like i feel like the tutorial didn't make as much sense and the world is huge um so there's like once you understood it it's a great game to play but i feel like the barrier to entry was kind of ridiculous. Um, I'm still working through it, so I'm not. I can't really speak for the plot, um, but it's definitely uh, something that grows on you. You know, uh, something that you kind of need to immerse yourself in, and then just barrel through until it becomes fun. And it will become fun. It just takes some time. Yeah. So if you've never played before and you want to get in, I would recommend starting at either Origins or Assassin's Creed Two. Those are kind of like the two perfect entry points mm-hmm. i would probably start at two because if you are a big graphics i want to i want this to look visually good start in the beginning so it's it's a little bit harder to go backwards yeah definitely so that is our talk on assassin's creed and 
hopefully by this by the release of this episode i will be already done editing it so i can just be knee deep in the game and not have to worry about it beautiful so craig yes final segment one hit wonder i'm so excited so i often handle the one hit wonders and i am running out of ideas oh are you now but this one i really hope is good i want it to be good (laughs) um i have two names because the first name is a pun and extremely hard to understand it's called castual to xpod or casual to expert um second name is podcast illuminati and here's how this pretty much works I'll give you an idea or a noun of something, and you will do it to me. And the other proceeds to break it down on three levels. Level one is the casual, like general knowledge of what you might think it is. Level two is the expert, how a scientist would break it down. And level three is the underground, how the Illuminati, we're definitely (laughs) editing that out, how the Illuminati is obviously involved, the conspiracies associated with. So you have the casual level, the expert level, and the underground Illuminati level. Would you like me to go first? Yeah, I want to give you a word. Send it. Any word. So, can you explain water to me? So, water. Um, you drink it. Level one would be the casual, you know, water. You drink it. Good for hydration. Um, it's in most living things. Um, crucial to survival for regular bioorganisms. Level two, expert. H2O. Um, it's extremely important for evolution and anything made of carbon and biomaterial such as like plants dude every person who has even a remote science degree is like this freaking idiot because <laughs> this is my this is my expert explanation um which is why it's important that we find it on the moon hashtag moist moon and it's just the foundation for organisms on earth now level three the underground what people don't understand is water is the government's way of putting chips in your head without you knowing. They've been doing this since the beginning. Before time ever existed, there was this entity called the collective. And the collective put chips in every molecule of water. Every tree, every frog, fish, anything that required water to survive. The collective installed this chip and now thoughts are being tracked, positions are being tracked, and although they cannot change it, they have this all-knowing knowledge of everything every person has ever known. Now today, the leader of the collective is still unknown. They are not infinite beings, but they are heads of state, and I cannot confirm nor deny the United States heads of state is a member of the collective, but know that water is still infiltrating our very society. As well it should. All right. What do you want me to explain to you? Chickens. All right. Listen, on the very basic level, chickens are bipedal animals, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we eat them. Sometimes we, you know, use them as resources for eggs but for all intents and purposes, you know, they're just other le- living beings. But if you want to get a little bit more complicated about it, uh, chickens are birds. First of all, they're not the same 
species as us, you know. Yep. Facts. They have <laughs> Facts. bars. You know, you know, they have uh feathers that keep them warm so they don't have to worry about regulating their own temperature. Mm-hmm. And it also keeps them uh it helps them, you know, be mobile. You know, a feather without chickens, I feel like has a little Feather without chickens, I feather without chickens, I feather without chickens, I We're keeping that in. We are keeping that in. I I I I was in such a stunned silence. I managed to get through like three or four more words and then I stopped and I'm like, hold on. Hold on, wait. Wait a second. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, a chicken without feathers, I feel like, would move a little bit more uh, difficult than a chicken with feathers. Mm-hmm. But here's what they don't tell you. Right. What they don't tell you is that chickens are all in on it together. You know, we think that they're just, you know, mindless little creatures that can run without their heads for a few seconds. No, there's a lot more going on in there than scientists have ever been able to capture, Right. you know. Mm-hmm. We have seen farmers enter their chicken coops and the chickens are not, you know, in their pens where they're supposed to be. Rather, they're all in a circle encircled around one singular object. And more often than not, that object is a weapon. Usually it's a knife or some sort of uh, wieldable blade. And the conclusions that our society has been able to come to mm-hmm. is chickens used to have opposable hands they used to be able to grab things and now that they've been reduced to a humiliating form right and they circle around these weapons praying and hoping that they can one day become what they once were and seek revenge on those that have been captured them and treated them like worthless objects so chicken little is based off a true story I mean, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> That's a little bit of a stretch. Okay. Yeah, come on. All right. Well, that was intriguing. And uh, I think we all know that one of these things are true. I will not say which, but we all know. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Well, anyway, thank you for listening to the Permanent Good Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, on your favorite podcast feed. Uh, leave us a review if you can, preferably a good one. Yeah, I mean, we've had this talk before. Uh, Fours and up, out of five, obviously, out of ten. I'll settle for a seven, not anywhere below. Um, If you have any personal vendettas, keep it personal. Message me, and we'll duke it out on the interwebs, privately. Yeah, share us with your friends, you know. We've been told many, many times that, you know, our podcast just sounds like you're hanging out with two friends, and... I like that vibe and you should share it with your friends so they can also hang out with us. Right. The goal is to hang out with as many people as humanly possible because life is a popularity contest and I'm going to win whether you like it or not. Anyways, thanks for joining us. Um, Same time next week. (laughs) Yeah. Same time next week. Uh, Uh, Next week we are going to be watching a silent voice. It's an anime film that's uh, subbed on Netflix. So check it out. Ladies and gentlemen. All right. I am Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. See you next week. See you later.